Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our all-church study, Anchored. This anchor of hope is the certainty and the promise that God is who He says He is, and that God will do what He said He will do. What God does for us is grounded in who God is, and knowing who God is provides an anchor in life, giving us a secure foundation on which to build our lives. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning, Valley Brook. We want to welcome you here to our campus in Granby as well as our online campus. Today is a special day because we are kicking off a series of messages called Anchored. And it's special because we've actually prepared for you a very special small group study material that has in it material for our life groups, as well as scriptures for you to read every day. Now, if you're wondering why we're doing this, it's because we take yours and our spiritual growth very seriously at Valleybrook. We want to do whatever we can to help you know God even more than you do now and help you grow deeper in your faith and your relationship with God than you are now. So this is what I want to encourage you to do. Please take advantage of this opportunity and of this resource for your own spiritual growth. Now, I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a moment. In part of this, what we want to encourage everyone to do is to get involved and attend a life group as part of this eight-week series. Uh, Quite honestly, after going through COVID, I know that some of us have not been engaged in community, in relationships with one another. And we believe that as we grow bigger as a church, we need to grow smaller by getting people into life groups where we can actually build relationships with one another, where we can study God's word, and where we can grow together in our relationship with God. And so this is what I want to encourage you to do. Whether you attend our Granby campus or our online campus you can participate in a life group. We have life groups that will meet in person as well as virtually. So we want to encourage you to go to our website, find the life group page, and you can go and look at all the available life groups, and you can find one that meets a time, a day, and a place that you can attend. But let me say this. If for some reason none of those groups fits into your schedule, don't get up. Uh, we can help you by arranging something. So please let us know if you're struggling to find a life group, contact us at connect at valleybrook.cc and we will work with you to do so. Now, let me go back to the anchored books that we have written and published for you. These books are available in hard copy at our Granby campus while they last. So if you want one, we want to encourage you to pick one up today. Or if you're online, you can do one of two things. In fact, anybody can do this. We actually have this available in hard copy while they last, as well as digital copies. And you can go to our website and you can download the digital copy today. Just go to valleybrook.cc forward slash anchored and you can find out a lot more about the study as well as download the digital copy If you'd like a hard copy and you're not in our Granby campus, you're going to also need to send us an email. So let's jump into this series and this first message. Uh, As God began to form this idea for this study in my heart, he reminded me 
of a significant event in my childhood. And so let me just sort of set the context for it. One of the joys that I experienced as a child was spending time with my family and friends on our family motorboat. Uh, we spent hours cruising up and down lakes, water skiing, tubing, picnicking, and really just enjoying our time together. Uh, but one of the things that we discovered early on in owning a boat was, hey, when you just wanted to cut the engine and sit down and have a picnic and, and just relax in the water, if you didn't have an anchor, you were going to start drifting. Uh, you were either going to drift into the shore or if there were other boats around, you're going to drift into one of those. Or worse, you actually may drift into a boating lane where other boats were moving by. So in short, what we began to realize was that we were going to have to purchase an anchor to go with this boat. And eventually my dad did. But it actually came as the result of a very dangerous and expensive lesson really about the indispensable importance of having an anchor, particularly if you own a boat. So let me just tell you what happened. Early one spring uh, morning, my dad had been itching all week and honestly all season as the weather got warmer to take the boat out on the water. And he was determined to do that no matter what. So he had been planning this day trip where we would uh, head up to the lake on a Saturday morning and we would go out for a few hours on the boat just to, to get the engine going and, and get out there and enjoy a little time, even though it was really too cool and in that time of year to enjoy being in the water, water skiing or anything else. Well, that Saturday dawned and it was a very gray day and, and honestly, it was pretty chilly. And there was a threat of rain in the air, but dad was determined. And so we went anyway. It was just the two of us. When we got to the lake, not only was it gray and was there a threat of rain, but on the water, the winds had really picked up and it, it became really a, a blustery day. But nevertheless, uh, we launched the boat from the trailer and we took the tow rope and we pulled it over the dock and I held it there while dad went and parked the boat, uh, the car and the trailer. And, and when he got back to the boat, uh, he hopped in and he checked all the systems and he told me to untie it and he'd start the engine. So I untied the boat and we hopped in and he turned the key and the engine just sputtered. And he turned it again and it sputtered again. In fact, he kept turning it and, and the engine just wouldn't fire up. And unfortunately, because of those winds, we started drifting away from the dock. And it soon became apparent that we had another issue. As we were drifting, we were drifting to a very rocky shoreline. And this was before we had an anchor. And with no anchor to stop us, we were drifting faster and faster toward the rocks. And my dad kept turning the key and the engine would turn over, but it just wouldn't fire up. And finally, when he turned it one last time, the engine fired up, but it was too late. Uh, the rear of the boat had turned to the rocks and the, the propeller was in the rocks. And immediately, the propeller was damaged beyond repair. Now, we're really fortunate. Now, we're fortunate that the hull of the boat wasn't damaged, but now the, the boat wouldn't go more than a few miles per hour uh, at all. And, and so uh, we, we limped back to the dock, and uh, we loaded the boat up on the trailer, and we went home. 
It was just a, a miserable day and a very expensive lesson. If we had only had an anchor that we could have dropped as dad was trying to get the engine to fire up, it would have saved us from going into the rocks and we would have had a great day just on that first boating trip of the season. You know, anchors are important. The writer of the book of Hebrews talks about the hope of God's promises as being an anchor for us as followers of Jesus. It says that we have this hope as an anchor, and it's talking about the truth that God is who he says he is, and God will do what he says he will do. And so what that means for us as followers of God is that having the hope in who God is is an anchor for us. It gives us an anchor for our life. It provides us with a secure foundation on which to build our lives. And honestly, having God as our anchor keeps us from drifting through this life. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to examine who God is. We're going to look at several of the attributes of God. And, and this is why. Knowing who God is helps us understand what he has done for us and what he is still doing for us. Knowing who God is helps us draw close to God both as God our creator, the one who has created the universe and created us, but also as God as our Savior who has saved our lives and our souls for eternity. And knowing who God is anchors our life and our faith in the only one who truly knows us and wants us to know him. So, we want your life to be anchored in God and who he is. And so this study is going to be great for us because if you are a follower of God, it's only going to strengthen your security in who God is and the hope that you have in him. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not really sure about who God is, this will give you the opportunity to investigate who God is through this study and see and learn that your life can actually be anchored to the one who loves you and wants you to have a relationship with him. So uh, as we go through this, we'll go through several attributes. This is not an exhaustive study of all of the attributes of God, but we'll look at some of those ones. And, and this is important. You're going to see as we progress through this, we're going to go from those uh, attributes that are that, uh, of God that are sort of bigger than us, the transcendent nature of God, all the way then to the up-close and personal attributes that show us how God wants to be close to us. So this morning we're going to begin by looking at what I call the omnis. Now uh, the omnis aren't really just one attribute of God. They're actually three attributes and I've put them all together. And those three omnis are the attributes of God's omnipotence, his omniscience, and his omnipresence. So we're just going to walk through each one of them right now. Let's begin with the truth that God is omnipotent. Now, just a reminder, all three of these attributes start with the prefix omni. A very simple de definition of the word omni is that it means all. So if God is omnipotent, that means he's all potent or otherwise all powerful. So if you've ever read the book of Job, 
you've come across what is some of the greatest testimony of the all-powerful nature of God. Now, Job is a righteous man. Job has a strong faith in God. He's been a follower of God, but Satan believes that it's because all of his life, God has protected Job from the hardships of life. And so Satan comes in and he sends tragedy after tragedy upon Job's life to see if that happens, if Job will give up on God. Now, the suffering is so great that even Job's wife eventually tells Job that he should just curse God and die. I mean, it's, it's been that awful. But Job will not give up on God. Along the way, some of Job's friends come to comfort him, but, but actually, they really have no empathy whatsoever because they begin to question Job and say, you know, Job, you must have done something for all of this tragedy to happen to you. And eventually, uh, Job begins to defend himself in the book. And then we get toward the end of the book. And in those final chapters of the book, we're... Uh, God responds because he responds because Job has actually been questioning God's actions in the world, not just in his life. And in those questions, uh, God says to Job, listen, brace yourself because now I'm going to question you. And it's in those questions we actually see the omnipotence of God on full display. So, it's interesting. God plies Job with question after question for four full chapters. And, and I just want to give you a sampling of some of the questions that God asks of Job. God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. He goes on, he says, have you ever commanded the morning to appear and cause the dawn to rise in the east? And then he says, do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the earth? From there, he says, can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? And then he asks, have you given the horse its strength or clothed its neck with a flowing mane? And then God says, are you as strong as God, as strong as me? Can you thunder with a voice like mine? And then God says, Take a look at the behemoth, which I made just as I made you. It's a prime example of my handiwork. And, and that's just a sampling of the questions because, again, as I said, they go on and on for four chapters. And eventually, Job gets it. Job understands what God is saying to him. And this is what Job replies. And I think we just need to hang on to this. He says to God, I know you can do all things. He recognizes the omnipotence of God. He knows that there is nothing that God cannot do because God is all-powerful. God can do all things. And think about this when you think about the entire Bible. This is just the testimony of one person in Scripture. If we were to read all of God's Word, we would see person after person testify to the all-powerful nature of God. Think about it. The prophets testify to it. The psalmist testify to it. Angels in Scripture testify to it. Jesus himself testified to the almighty, all-powerful nature of God the Father. 
The apostles testified to it and and others testified to it. They testified that God is all-powerful, that God is omnipotent. And so we need to own that and recognize that. But I recognize that as I quote all of those people who testified to the omnipotence of God, I have a hunch that some of us can think of a time when we questioned God's omnipotence. A time that's related to a prayer that we prayed when we asked the all-powerful God of the universe to act in our lives in a very personal way, in the midst of a crisis, to stop the pain or to end a loss or to help us make it through a struggle. And we didn't experience an answer to that prayer. We're like Martha, Martha, who speaks to Jesus as she grieves the death of her brother, and she says, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And in that instance, the omnipotence of God is on full display, and it's revealed in Jesus because he raises Lazarus, her brother, from the dead. But of course, it doesn't always happen that way, and when it doesn't happen that way, Particularly in our lives, it it leads to disappointment with God. And it leads to us questioning the omnipotence of God. Yet we need to recognize that God holds power over all things. He governs all things. He holds all things together. And it's that power, that impenetrable grip on the cosmos that sustains you and me through every wind and wave that comes our way, whether or not we remain on our feet. Think about that. In time, though, we begin to understand God's omnipotence in light of his other attributes, that God can do anything, but he's not going to act against his character. So his omnipotence is part of his greater character and the attributes in his life. And for us, we have to recognize that God is all-powerful and that he can do all things. And we have to trust that he will use his power in our lives and not give up on him. Now, from the omnipotence of God, we're going to talk now about the omniscience of God. That God is all-knowing. Listen to these words from the book of Proverbs. The Lord sees everything. And he watches us closely. Now, that truth can be rather unsettling. It can be unsettling because if God knows everything, then God knows everything about us. He knows the good, he knows the bad, and he knows the embarrassing. But the very fact that God knows the past, the present, and the future of all things, even each one of our lives, should, on the other hand, bring us peace of mind because the continual message that we have from Scripture is not only that he's all-powerful and all-knowing, it's that God loves us and desires for us to know him, and he continues to pursue us even though he knows the good, the bad, and the embarrassing about our lives. God 
accepts us and he loves us. And that's a little bit of mind-blowing that, that he does because he knows everything about us. But it's important. It's important for us to understand that and to know that. So, so when we couple together God's omniscience and his omnipotence, then we can begin to understand why God doesn't answer every prayer we pray the way we want it answered. Think about this. If God is all-knowing and all-powerful and God then knows the future and God knows what is best for us because he knows what's coming down the pathway for each of us, then he knows what's best for us. And so while he has the power to do anything and everything for us that we ask, he doesn't always do everything that we ask because he knows what would be best for us. And so we have to trust him. Now, the final omni that we want to look at is the truth that God is omnipresent. King David writes in Psalm 139, and he talks about the truth that God is ever present in our lives. This is what he writes. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. That's powerful. That's powerful to know that God is everywhere. And this is a truth that God himself relates to us through the prophet Jeremiah. This is what God says. Am I a God who is only close at hand? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth? You see what God's telling us? He's telling us, listen, I am everywhere. I, I, I am everywhere you are. You're never alone. That's so important. That we understand that God sees us wherever we are, that he knows where we are no matter what. That means we're never lost when it comes to God. He, he knows where we are. Even if we don't believe in him, he knows all about us. He knows where we are. And he's nearby. He desires to be in a relationship when we don't know him. But when we're in a relationship with him, when we believe in him, when we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior and follow him and follow Jesus, we need to remember what Jesus promised his followers. He said that he would be with us always until the very end of the earth. And then together with God the Father, they kept that promise by sending the Holy Spirit into the life of everyone who becomes a follower of Jesus Christ so that we are never alone, that God is always with us. Now, the importance of knowing these attributes of God is what it tells us about God and about the relationship that God desires with every single person. First, it tells us that God is all-knowing. He knows everything about us, and he still loves us. In fact, the Bible tells us that there is nothing, there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. So know that you're seen by God and know that you're loved by God. 
The second thing this tells us, these attributes tell us, is that God is always with us. When we feel we are alone, we may be alone with regards to other human beings, but we're never alone from God. Through the ever-present spirit, God is always with us. So we need to lean on God, lean on the spirit whenever we need to because he is with us. Finally, because God is all-powerful, there is nothing that God cannot do in this world. Now, he's not going to do everything we ask, so we have to trust God. We have to take all our desires to God. We, we need to take all of our needs to him and trust that he knows what is best. And that trust is really important. The trust in knowing that God is omnipotent, that God is omniscient, and that God is omnipresent is important for us because it's these attributes that tell us that God desires for us to be in a relationship with him. He's done everything he can for us, but now we have to trust him and we have to follow him. And so that's really where I want to leave us today. As we look at the three omnis, the omnipotence of God, the omnipresence of God, and the omniscience of God, ultimately it comes down that we need to know and trust God. And so today, as I close out this message, I want to encourage you that if you're a follower of Jesus, to lean into the fact that he's all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. If you're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to become one today and, and lean into the truth about the omnipotence and the omniscience and the omnipresence of God, then I want to give you that opportunity to do so today. So I'm going to start a prayer. And for those of you who want to put your trust in Jesus, I want to encourage you to do so. And then I'm going to pray for all of us that we would trust God even more knowing what we have learned today. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, as we gather in this place, as we've learned more about your attributes, I suspect there's someone who's never told you that they believe in you and want to follow you. You're, you, the omnipotent, all-present, and all-knowing God. And so if this is a reflection of where you are today, I want to encourage you to put these words in your own words and pray them silently to God. Dear God, I believe in you. Go ahead and pray that silently. I believe you're everything that I learned today. And I believe that you want to be in a relationship with me. And so today, I put my trust in following Jesus. I accept his forgiveness for my sins. And I believe that he rose again from the dead to defeat my sin. And I want to follow him. And now I'm going to move into a prayer for all of us. God, the very fact that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present is mind-boggling to us. But we understand that. We see the truth of that in Scripture. And so, Lord, we trust you. And we're going to lean into you in a, in a deeper way. Now, we have to confess at times that we haven't trusted you like we should. And so we're going to move into a time of silent prayer right now, all of us. And I want to encourage you to, in that time to confess that you haven't trusted God like you, like you should and that you're going to trust him even more today. So let's just spend a few moments in silent prayer.
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.